What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. I got a jam-packed episode for you today. It's a special delivery mailbag. We're going to answer listener submitted questions for the first couple segments. And we're going to close the show with a moment of joy as we've done all off-season or often during this off-season. A moment of joy shared by a listener. But today also marks the end of, of our summer hiatus. Blazers uh, training camp begins on Monday, and and we will return, I really, and my and my esteemed guests here at Lockdown Blazers will return to five days a week. Uh, over the last month or so, I've gone four a week and three a week. We've slowed down a little bit as the news has slowed down a little bit. But we're back. We're coming back. And we're coming back with big news. Lockdown Blazers is coming to YouTube, y'all. We're coming to YouTube. So if you have been itching to watch this in a video format or you're someone who just consumes a bunch of content via YouTube, I got great news for you. Lockdown Blazers is going to be on YouTube beginning Monday and for eternity, five days a week on YouTube. So be sure to check us out there. Subscribe to the show. That's the biggest way you can help me is subscribe to the show on YouTube. Uh, the channel already exists. There's not any videos up, but... Uh, Check on Sunday. That's September 26th. We'll have a premiere. Locked on Blazers live on YouTube. I'm really excited about it. Like I said, the best way to support me is to subscribe to that YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening to this, you know, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. But but it's a separate stream. I'd love for you to join me there. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, I've got my home studio set up. So yeah, YouTube is coming. Tell your friends. And like I said, make sure you subscribe locked at Locked on Blazers so you do not miss the shows there. Going to be a ton of fun. But today is not just an announcement about YouTube and return to five days a week. It's also a special delivery mailbag. We typically, if you are a new listener, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Season's about to start. Um, I, I love doing this podcast and I'm very excited that you are joining me. If you are new, if you're a longtime listener, you're probably like, dog, where's, where's mailbag at? Typically, I have a mailbag segment, weekly mailbag segment that I record on Monday nights and post on Tuesday called Mailbag Monday. But this week, things were a little bit different. I was actually out of town at the beginning of the week, and we launched our player previews. Uh, we're counting down every everybody on the roster and going through them player preview-wise. We have Yusuf Nurkic and Nazir Little waiting for you in your feeds. If you miss them, they're a ton of fun. Make sure you listen to them. But Mailbag got pushed back a little bit this week, and we're going to do a special delivery mailbag. So just the first couple segments, we're going to answer uh, questions submitted by you, dear listeners. If you want to get involved in a future mailbag segment, there's two ways to do it. Tweet at me at Mike G. Rich. Just send me a tweet whenever you're thinking of it. It helps if you mark it as mailbag. Or wait for typically on Mondays, not this week, but typically and moving forward on Mondays, I will send out a tweet at, at, on my Twitter handle, Mike G. Rich, soliciting questions. You respond to the show. I will save your question and answer it either that evening or in a future show. If you're not a Twitter user or someone who doesn't tweet, you can email me, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. That's the two ways to do it. Like I said, we do this every week. Special delivery mailbag's a little different, but it's all the same. Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays mailbag from your ears. So let's get into it. Our first question comes from Greek Krapod at Greek Krapod on Twitter. Might be crap odd. Uh, I'm going to go Krapod though. Greek Krapod asks, is Wes Matthews still a free agent? Could you see a reunion if he is? Wes Matthews is a free agent and no. The simple answer is no. Uh, both because... I don't think Wes Matthews and Neil Olshay have a particularly good relationship after the way Wes Matthews um, 
was not re-signed here and, and ended his his tenure. And also the Blazers, like, he doesn't have... The Blazers aren't a championship-level team. The last two teams he signed with have been the Lakers and the Bucks. You know what he's after at this point in his career. And the Blazers don't have guaranteed playing time for him, even if he were to sign here. He's just... He's not at that level. He's not... He couldn't compete for the starting lineup. And then he's like, is he as good as Tony Snell at this, at this stage in his career? It's a big question mark. But... So yeah, I think Wes Matthews is a soft hell no. I think there's like a, I guess there's a non-zero chance because he's unemployed, but it's 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 zero point zero 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 two. It's very very low. But in general, I want to use this question as a jumping off point because the Blazers have made and announced some uh, some news in the roster world since we last spoke. Like I said, I was out of town this week, so you got the first of our player previews. Make sure you check those out. But uh, the Blazers announced, or it was initially reported by. Uh, Shamstrani of The Athletic. And then it was officially announced today ahead of training camp, which begins next week, that the Blazers have signed Quinn Cook, a veteran point guard who most recently played for the Los Angeles Lakers, a two-time champion, also a one-time championship loser, and was on the court on, in 2019 when the shorthanded Warriors really needed a bucket late in that game and didn't get one. That's what I remember about him. And yeah, I'm a hater. He went to Duke. But I think um, I think Quinn Cook's fine. Uh, the Blazers are going to bring in four guys into training camp to compete for the uh, 14th roster spot. They're going to keep their 15th roster spot open. So while they have technically two roster spots open, they're only going to take one. None of those people are going to be uh Wes Matthews but it's going to be between big man like basically center but kind of can play four Marquise Chris point guards Quinn Cook and Dennis Smith Jr and big man power four but can play a little bit of center Pat Patterson for my money um Marquise Chris is the number one choice, followed by Quinn Cook, followed by Dennis Smith Jr., followed by Patrick Patterson. Uh, I just think big man depth is way more important than the point guard thing. Clearly, the Blazers see their two problems. They need depth up front, and they need someone, an emergency, like true emergency third point guard. Like, they really, they need one. But those those four gentlemen will compete for the for the final roster spot. I think... Uh, I think depth up front is way more important than point guard, but clearly they agree with you. Um, so yeah, Quinn Cook, uh, we're not going to go like super deep on him, but a career 41% three-point shooter. Like he can really shoot it and he's um, he could play. Uh, if he makes the team, he'll be he'll be a valuable uh, depth part for sure. Uh, the Blazers also announced that Kelgen Blevins, Damon Lord's cousin, has signed a, a two-way contract. They announced that today along with the tra- making the training camp signings official. So the Blazers have used their two two-way spots, Kelgen Blevins and Trendon Watford, the undrafted four forward out of LSU, who was on the Blazers summer league team. Uh, Blevins back for a second year after appearing very sparingly in 17 games last season. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good to have a family that loves you. It's good to have family that loves you. So I know Greek Krabad, that wasn't exactly your question, but that's how we need to do it in mailbag. That's how the news worked this week. Next question comes from Alex at AALAX1 on Twitter, who asks, what is a more valuable coaching skill, X's and O's or motivational slash unifier? This is probably like a big enough question that we could spend a whole episode on it, quite frankly, but we're going to spend a minute here, not really do it justice. But Alex, I know you're a loyal listener. So tag me again, if, if, uh, if we want to break this out a little bit, like flag, flag this one for me one more time, and we'll talk more in depth about it. I think at the lowest level, X's and O's are more valuable. If you're not a particularly good team, running good stuff really helps. I think at the highest level, in order to win a championship, compete deep into the playoffs, motivation and unification are much more valuable skills. Because if you're a long-time listener to this podcast, you know that I believe that coaching is probably only like 40% of the equation and like talent is way more valuable. So 
you know, it's like 60% of the equation is, is, is just like, how good is your roster? So I think, you know, the most important thing you do is have a good roster. Then the, the second most important thing you do at the highest levels is convince guys to play hard and do the thing. Like, do, here's our plan, go execute it. Or just let's play hard, let's play together. Maybe we can, um, you know, like some of LeBron's teams and kind of the, the late Cavs and early Heat teams is like they didn't run great stuff always in the half court, but they played hard enough and got out and run, got easy buckets. They would roll over teams. Um, it's X's and O's are really important and they matter, but I think like motivation, getting guys on the same page when you're talking about the elite elite teams is, is like significantly more valuable. That said... The best coaches do both. What Eric Spolster is really good at is both designing great sets and getting guys to bust their ass. That's why he's one of the best coaches in the league. Same way with uh, Greg Popovich. They run good stuff, but they run the hell out of it. Like, they really run it. They beat teams in the regular season. The Spurs always do because of just out-executing. Nick Nurse in... Toronto, really creative mind, but like what the mark of those really good Toronto teams were was that they played really hard. Also, they won a championship when they had Kawhi Leonard because because talent is by far the most important thing. Next question comes from Joey Pushk at BlazersFan000 on Twitter who asks, what do you think about having Norman Powell come off the bench and having Larry Nance Jr. slide into the starting lineup? A starting group of Dame, CJ, Nance, Rocco, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, I missed Nurk there. Dame, CJ, Nance, Rocco, and Nurk. I only had four starters. Four starters, not enough. Um, I think this is a, an idea, a lineup I hope we see, but I don't think the trade-off is really that valuable, quite frankly. Um, like, the, the problem with Nance and Robert Covington, they're the Blazers' two best defenders, but neither of them can, like, really guard threes defensively. Like, you really, like an elite wing, you're not going to stick Robert Covington on them because, one, he's not that good at it, and two, it takes away his best skill, which is as a help defender. You don't want him on the ball guarding LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard. You want him helping off someone else so he can dig in and use his, like, really good instincts and really strong hands to be a help defender. That's what he's elite at. That's what makes Rocco special is help defense. So... If you move Nance into the lineup and you ask Rocco to guard threes, well, okay, that's, you know, you're neutralizing your best defender. You're getting, I think you're getting a little bit worse, or at least the trade-off isn't particularly valuable. And I don't think Nance, while I think he's versatile enough to do it, asking him to guard elite wings every night, or even just kind of like fast wings every night, is is not going to be super, super valuable. I want to see this lineup a lot, Dame, CJ, Nance, Rocco, Nurk. I actually want to see Dame, CJ, Norm, Nance, and Rocco, like a small ball group a bunch too. Um, and I do think the Nance, Rocco, Nurk is a really good defensive front line and it covers up for a lot of Damon CJ's um, shortcomings for sure. And But I don't think the trade-off is really, I don't think it's super valuable. And I don't think putting Norm alone on the bench kind of fixes the problem. The bench really needs playmaking. And I think Nance Jr. helps a lot there. And I think having CJ there to kind of guide things a little bit will be uh, valuable as well. But in general, I don't think this, I, I I think this is a solution. I think this is a good lineup, but not sort of the solution. The We'll talk about the starting lineup later in the show, but like the starting lineup is elite. Like just, just let it be elite. In fact, I, I think one of the big challenges, and this has been a stat that has been consistent over the last, since the 2018-19 season, the Blazers are really good when Damon CJ are on the floor. They're not particularly good when it's just Dame and CJ sits and they're really bad when Dame sits like that's that has just been like pretty consistent last year was mitigated a little bit um the Blazers were still outscored in the minutes that it was just CJ and Norma and and 
on the floor and Dame on the bench. Um, Norm helps, and I think it's hard to know kind of how Larry Nance and stuff will help. But like the the question isn't really for me how to change up the starting lineup. I think that group kicks ass. You go in with a group that kicks ass. That's your best bet. It's the it's those first rotation minutes. It's that first sub who comes out and who comes back in because that's been the problem for the Blazers for you know a, a, a whole hell of a long time. Is like. Is, is what do the, the starting group make sense, but what do the other combinations look like? I think this combination is intriguing, but for me, it's not the starting group. All right, let's come back in the second segment. I was going to say third, but we're not there yet. Let's come back in the second segment. Talk, answer more of your questions on this glorious Mailbag Monday. But first, let's talk a little bit about DirecTV. Listen, I know this, this sounds familiar. This, this is happening in one of y'all's homes right now. You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends, aunties log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without all the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Today's show is also brought to you by Sleeper. Listen, the fantasy experts at Sleeper realized that back in 2018, fantasy basketball was broken. The games were just being won and lost based on who had more players with more scheduled games. You had more dudes who played that week, you were going to win. Made no sense, required very little strategy. So what they do? They tried to fix it. And starting in 2020, they released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick. And it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring that an even number of games are played between all of your opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's player simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of the mindless busy work are over. And the days of giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work... Those are also over. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on pl- on matchups. Home versus away, opponent's defensive rating, pace of play, and more. All of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, dynasty, game picks has you covered. Listen, sleeper crack the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. So download the sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You won't be disappointed. All right. Let's keep it rolling. This glorious special delivery mailbag. Our next question comes from Dr. J, who says, Assuming no big names in training camp, if Kevin Lowe gets bought out before the season started, where would you put him in the pecking order, assuming that he comes on a vet minimum, minimum compared with other peeps? Ah, man, I I, like I think I really do think the Blazers need frontline depth and he would help. But I'm not sure Kevin Love for like what the Blazers need, like defense and and some some like mobility at the big spots that he's like better than Cody Zeller. Um, He's definitely not better than Larry Nance Jr., like not close. Um, It's I, I think he would be the third center and also the third power forward like I think I think there's like a world in where Kevin Love plays more minutes or or like gets into the rotation and you kind of figure it out but I 
he doesn't seem to answer the question for me. Like, what would da- what if you're on a Damian Lord, CJ McCollum team? What do your bigs need to do? They don't need to do what Kevin Love does. Maybe like 2012, Kevin Love, but 2021, I am not a believer. Uh, but if like if over like I would take Kevin Love over Marquise Chris. <laughs> so so for the 14th roster spot, yeah, bring him on down. Next question comes from Rip City Abe, who asks, if you were Neil Olshay and the Blazers had a shot at either Ben Simmons or both Porter Juniors, that's Michael Porter Jr. and Otto Porter Jr. for the same trade package, which would you take? I'd probably lead, lean Simmons. Um, I think Michael Porter Jr. has a chance to be like a star. Like he's he's going to be, if he isn't, if he isn't at the end of this year, it's it's we're talking a hundred games away from being considered the best shooter, the best non-curry shooter in the sport. Like I really I'm that high on Michael Porter Jr. 6'10 with the ratchet, to quote Chandler Parsons. Dude can really shoot it. Um he's 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 in he's improved the other parts of his game from being just like a horrific defender to merely like a below average one. He's a pretty good rebounder, like a particularly offensive rebounder when he puts his mind to it. Like I think he can really play. But I just think Ben Simmons is in another tier. And I think the Blazers solution is high-end talent. It's not like a bunch of parts that fit. Like if they're going to win a championship, it's high-end talent. Uh, if if the calculation was a little different, like if I if I I'm kind of calculating under the like how to make Damian Lillard happy over the next twelve months. Like if the if the calculation was just like Dame's going to play here for the next you know five years and you're going to sign him to a contract and like he's going to retire here and all that, then I might consider the the Porter Juniors package. I like Otto Porter Junior a lot. I think he can if he's healthy. I think he can really really play and can really really help. Uh, shoot can shoot um he's lost a little off the drip off the juice off the dribble but he can really shoot it he can when he was healthy he could defend he could run pick and rolls like he's he's a really useful wing Uh, i think he's going to help the warriors a bunch if he's healthy Uh, i just think top end talent for what for where the blazers are is, is way more important or is the most important thing jacob has our next question and jacob asks this is the third off season that i've listened to the podcast in each one, you've rated the offseason nearly the same. Good job in the offseason. We've improved by not by, but not by that much. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, well, uh, there's more of your question, Jacob, but I'll stop you there. I think the Hassan Whiteside pivot. I said that I, I thought that I thought they were um, about the same, marginally the same, <laughs> marginally the same. Uh, I was wrong, and I kind of hedged. I was like, I'm worried about them. Blah 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 blah. But. Like right at the beginning of the offseason, I said, this roster is about as good as last year. I was very wrong about that. Very, very wrong. I was drinking the Kool-Aid way too much on Mario Hazonia. And I was a big believer in Kent Bazemore being a being an upgrade, and he was horrific here. So I was super wrong. But yeah, I think um, in the other offseasons, they have sort of marginally improved. I think adding Robert Covington and now Norman Powell and, and Larry Nance and Cody Zeller, like, yeah, I'm with you. Jacob continues. Have we cumulatively improved over that period of time? If not, why? We made good moves during the offseason, but bad moves during the regular season. Entropy gets us down, i.e. bad luck and injuries. Yeah, I mean, I think um, they've just made margin, they've gotten marginally better, but the like the tier that they would need to jump into to be like, oh, this team's way freaking better. It's just like a, it's a big jump. Like, Oh, they're a little bit better. Well, so are the Nuggets. Oh, the Suns also added Chris Paul and got DeAndre Ayton back healthy. Like, that team got a lot better, too. Like, if it's... It's all comparative, right? Like I think the Blazers, I think Blazers had a pretty good off season last year, like a decent one to to address some of their issues. Um, they needed some more frontline depth. They didn't add that. They didn't have enough big man options on the roster. So when Anis Cantor was unplayable in the playoffs, their season ended. That's you know they got a little bit better and they were a little bit better in the regular season. And and then like they're you know you can still have major weaknesses. Uh, and I think I think that's just what you're seeing, Jacob. Is like a uh, 
other teams also improve and the Blazers getting marginally better is not like the jump from being like the West is really, really competitive. So the jump from being like, okay, we're, this is a, we're, we're working with like a first round playoff exit to, okay, we're working with a team that can make the Western conference finals. Like that's really, really narrow. Those are really narrow margins. Uh, and it can just, it can be bad luck, but it also can be like, you can improve, but not make, not get over that hump all the way. And I think that's more what we've seen. Next question comes from MapQuest Malnati at Malnati on Twitter, who asks, I remember last season, someone asked you about the Blazers roster and band member comparisons. Dame was the front man. Rodney Hood was playing bass, etc. Since we, all caps, collective pronouns, shout out to collective pronouns. Let's bring those back as the season comes back. We have some new dudes who gets plugged in where? So I looked up my old band and we're just going to, we're going to keep everyone the same and plug in other people. Dame was the lead singer and lead guitarist. The dude wants to be in charge. He's a front man. Um, he likes to have his fingerprints on all of the music. And he's certainly going to do that as our lead singer and guitarist. Nurk is going to play drums in a lot of ways. The most important part of the band, you cannot rock if your drummer sucks. And for the Blazers, when Nurk sucks, they suck. And when he's really good, you see how special they can be. Um, he's, he, is, he is that key piece. He's the drummer. Playing synth and keys is Norm, Norman Powell. Adding that adding that little bit of funk, uh, really um, adding the, that sort of extra layer that you really need to make a funky band. You need Norm. CJ is the guy from the Mighty Mighty Bostones. This was his this was his role last time we did this, but he's that guy from the Mighty Mighty Bostones who just dances around. Um, he's he's a lot of fun. He's an important part of the identity, but he does seem to duplicate <laughs> uh, what the other frontmen do in the band a little bit. Playing bass is Robert Covington. He replaces our former bassist. Uh, Rodney Hood, Rocco just, he provides that rhythm. He is just the ultimate support piece. He's just, he just lays it down. He lays it on funky. He's layered. He's rarely out front. You're rarely saying, oh shoot, the bassist. But when you listen closely, man, that bass line is cool. That's Robert Covington. He is providing, he is providing that steadiness you need to jam. On auxiliary percussion, got Larry Nance Jr. He's playing the djembe. He's playing the glockenspiel. He's playing like a, one of those giant crash cymbals. He's whatever you need. Larry Nance Jr. is filling in as that as that fun, like extra beat that you really need. Like Nurk is laying it down. He's keeping you in rhythm with the drums. Uh, Rocco is, is playing that great bass to kind of guide us along. And 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 there's uh, CJ grooving around like the Mighty Mighty Boston's guy. And Damien Lord is, is singing his heart out and shredding the guitar. And then in the background, you're like, damn, where's that triangle sound coming from? And you look, then there's Larry Nance Jr. crushing the triangle, crushing the djembe. He's auxiliary percussion. And playing the sax on the hits, but not part of the tour, that's Anthony Simons. Listen, when Anthony Simons is, is good, the Blazers are, are special, right? Like, it's like, oh, wow, they've got another guy who can do this. When Anthony Simons lights up for like 22 off the bench, you're like, oh, this team has a ton of firepower. That's him playing, playing sax on the hits. You're like, oh, they got brass? This band has a brass section? I love this dude. But he doesn't actually go on tour. Because it's not super consistent with it. And it's also like you just don't need another small scoring guard every time on this damn roster. The same way you don't need saxophone on every single song. Next question is a question, but it's a shout out. Uh, on a previous episode, previous mailbag episode last week, a uh, listener asked, where where do our listeners come from? Where like where around the globe do people listen to Locked On Blazers? And I uh, shouted out the good folks down under in Australia. Uh, well, a, a listener 
who translated their name as Andrew, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Polish pronunciation my best shot here and call it Andrzej. And, uh, it's kind of like Andre. I had a I had a really close high school friend. Shout out to Olgerd Michał Puchlowski the uh, second, also known as Junior. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in a Polish American household as a teen. But I, you know, I know his brother Mateusz and Seisman. I know those names, but I don't. Andre, Andre, I think it's like Andre. I'm doing my best here. But shout out to Andre, the the who runs the at Blazers PL. That is Blazers Poland, the Blazers community there in Warsaw. Um, used to have a podcast, still has a website. So shout out to all my listeners, uh, all my listeners in Poland. Uh, the only phrase I know is a is like an inappropriate swear word. So I'm not gonna say it here. Next question comes from Jacob G. on Hawthorne, who asks, Many people have noted the elite net rating of the Blazers' starting five. It was 13.4 last season. This was the third best lineup in the league for lineups with at least 300 minutes. It was even better in the playoffs. The starting five had a net rating of plus 21.7 against Denver in 112 minutes. I have a comment and some questions. Comment first. I believe this number masks an important point about the starting five. They are an elite lineup when they can stay on the floor, but a major reason Portland lost the series was because Nurkic couldn't stay out of foul trouble. So the questions that Jacob G asks are, do you believe the stat? Do you believe the starting five is elite? Or are there matchup weaknesses that undermine them like an undersized pal or Covington? Yeah, I mean, this group is really good. I've said it a bunch of times. Um, I like lineup data. I recognize that it's a little bit noisy. I think we're getting better at, at sorting through the noise to make these numbers a little more valuable. I really like what they're doing at Basketball Impact and at Cleaning the Glass, two stats websites that are subscription-based, unfortunately, dear listeners. But I think those I think those two sites really um, are cutting through some of the noise and lineup data and giving us like a clearer look at it. NBA.com does fine, but it's you know it's it's a little there it's still a little bit noisy. It's a little messy of a stat. Um, it doesn't it doesn't really tell the whole picture. I think this group is really good. I think the things that they're missing is um, they're not an elite rebounding team. They don't have a bunch of rim pressure. Guys who get to the rim and finish. Uh, they can really shoot it, and they have limited playmaking outside of Damian Lillard. I think Yusuf Nurkic can take a step there. I think CJ did take a step there, and that really helps. Um, but uh, the guys who can sort of like create off the bounce and create an advantage and then find guys, it's um, it's it's Dame and CJ hopefully more this season. I think the starting five is elite, um, absolutely. Uh, and and the, the the little bit of defensive size does matter um, per, for sure, but I think it matters more at Powell spot than it does at Covington spot, quite frankly. Um, question number two from Jacob G is, if the Blazers starting five is truly elite, does it make you less likely to want to trade for Ben Simmons? No. No. Uh, the, the team is good. The... I am of I I have, I feel two ways about this. Although I do think the Ben Simmons chatter has maybe turned me off a little too. I was higher on Ben Simmons early in the summer, and uh, more people are down on him, and I've I've been swayed by the masses. But I'm still I'm still into it because listen, the Blazers are the Blazers are good. They're better. They've got an elite starting five. But the way to win a championship is to have apps is have truly elite players, like elite top end players. And Ben Simmons is maybe the best defensive player in the league. I'm willing to take a risk on that, even if it means breaking up a starting five that was pretty good after March 24th, even great after March 24th of last season. I don't care. <laughs> That's not what Neil thinks. So he's keeping the group together. So sorry. Next question comes from Dr. J who asks, the premise is that Ben Simmons is still holding out uh, from Philadelphia after 20 games. In that period of time, if the Blazers go X and X, they will make a move for Ben. 
So, uh, Dr. J, I, I edited this, I edited this question poorly, but it's like a hypothetical. Basically the premise is that, you know, 20 games into the season, uh, Ben Simmons is still holding out. So what would the Blazers have to be win loss after 20 games for them to say, let's do it. Um, and I think, I think it would be like something like eight and 12, seven and 13. Like they're going to have to be at several games below. I don't think if they're 10 and 10 or even 10, you know, like uh nine, 11, I, I don't think it mattered, but like, you know, if they're, if they're seven and 13, then it's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go ahead and explore this. Let's like, let's make the move. Let's push our chips in. Cause this, this thing isn't working. I think that's real. Uh, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. Like I don't, I, Ben Simmons is not going to be a Portland trailblazer. I'm sorry to list if, if the homie Kevin do is listening, I'm sorry, dog, but I just, I don't, I do not see it happening at this stage. I think Simmons is like Minnesota bound or, or, uh, Sacramento bound or something strange. Houston, maybe next question. Final question of, of our special delivery mailbag comes from Alex who asks when Dane posted on Instagram two weeks ago with the quote, Hashtag Rip City is my city. Do you think that was a heartfelt post or wasn't an advertisement for the RCOTA, that is Rip City on the ass shoes that he posted on social media with the same caption two days ago? That's two weeks later. Many of us, collective pronoun, that's not really how the collective pronouns work. Fandom is collective. You are not on the team, Alex. That would be so uh, the we and the us have to be the trailblazers, but I appreciate the effort here. Many of us were excited when he made the post two weeks ago. I told friends and anyone who would listen that I didn't buy that it was any indication of his desire to stay in Portland. Still, it was nice to see, but if he did that in order to sell more shoes two weeks later, man, that is just plain dark. Please tell me this is just savvy savvy marketing by Adidas, taking a popular post and making it shoes. Please please tell me it's not as I fear that the franchise goat is cynical enough to get our hopes up in order to sell a few more shoes. Alex, I told you this in response to your email, and I'll say it again here. You are going too deep into Instagram, my friend. You are too deep. You are too deep. Stop scrolling. Stop looking at the captions. Stop. Just cut it out. Cut it out and take a deep breath. And know this. It can be both. Like so many things, it's not binary. Damien Lord really says, Rip City's my city. I'm back. Let's go. I think in July and early August, Damien Lord was like, I don't know if I want to be here. Now he's in. Like if he's, if he's, we're this deep into it, he's in. He's going to be here. I, I expect him to play out the whole season and we'll talk in July. Like it's, we can, we can kind of, we can kind of kill the Dame trade stuff. Like I think that's, I think we have moved past that. I think it was a real, 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 real possibility and he calmed down for whatever reason and he's ready to go. Also, he's pretty good at branding. Also, Adidas social media is fluid enough to use a a social media post that got a lot of attention to also sell shoes. It's both. It's both. Dame is, is still going to be loyal for now, as he's been saying all summer, loyal for now. He's also going to sell you with shoes with three stripes on them. So make a decision about what shoes you want to buy. But cool it with the Instagram freaking out. It's not a it's not a healthy way to live. Um, there's not a lot of insight I can give you on the like what does Dame do on social media? He's savvy. He's smart. He's doing things for a reason. He knew you. He knew you, Blazer fan out there, whoever it is, Alex or anyone, wanted to hear. I'm back. This is my city. That's why he posted that on Instagram. He also needs to sell shoes because he, the man has half a billion dollars and he wants more of it. That's how rich people do. So he's going to use a cool slogan to sell more shoes. So relax. Take a deep breath. We're cool. Everyone's cool. That's going to do it for our special delivery mailbag. In the third segment, I want to close out the show with a little bit of Blazers joy. I've been doing these all off season long Blazers moments of joy. We're going to continue them into the regular season. So if you have a Blazers moment of joy, send it my way. 
So that's what we'll do to close out the show, share a listener's moment of Blazer's joy. But before we do that, let's talk about Bilt Bar. It's just the best tasting protein bar that there is. That's what they're doing. They are making the best protein bar. You can go You can go try to find other other better protein bars. Say, say that when I tell you that these are covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew and got the candy bar-like texture, you're like, eh, that doesn't do it for me. When I tell you that they got so many delicious flavors like coconut and cherry barcia and mint brownie, cookies and cream and German chocolate, eh, that doesn't do it for you. Well, let me tell you on this. Check the macros on any protein. If you are looking at protein bars in the store, the, these macro, you are not going to beat these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar. Look on the nutrition facts of any other bar. It's not coming close. The trade-off between how much sugar you're consuming and how many grams of usable protein you got in there with, with your caloric intake, it's not, it's just, you're just not going to beat Built Bar. So don't try to beat it. Instead, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. They're back and better than better than ever. They've updated their website, they've updated their interface, and they're rolling into football season, which is truly upon us. You know, college football all day Saturday, NFL all day Sunday, and Bet Online is your number one spot to bet on all of the football action. So head on over to that website, sign up today. That's BetOnline.ag, and use the promo code NFL100 when you're making your first deposit. You will get a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. So use that promo code NFL100. If you don't want to bet on football, they got everything else. WNBA playoffs going on right as we speak. We'll get so you can bet on WNBA postseason. They got boxing. They got baseball. They got your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of these amazing offers. It's bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. We gave you that special delivery mailbag in the first couple uh, segments. Ran a little bit long. We, we're packing a lot in here at the end of the week. That's just, that's just how today works. But what I want to do to close the show is the Blazers' moment of joy. I've been running these all offseason long to end the week. I, I basically put out the call and said, share with me your Blazers' moment of joy. And whatever that means to you, dear listener, whether that means the moment you fell in love with the team or why you continue to love the team or just a moment from the past that brings you joy, please share it with me. And many of you have sent them in. Uh, in fact, I was going to end this at the when the offseason was over. It was basically going to end this week, and then we're going to jump back into it. But I've got enough of you who have shared, and if you share, I want to share it with our listeners that I'm going to keep this running during the regular season. So if you have a Blazers moment of joy, as long as people are sending it to me, I will read them. We will close. We will typically close the week, barring... When the season starts, there's some news, y'all. <laughs> some un- unavoidable news. So we will typically, I will close the week with a Blazers moment of joy. I've really, I've really enjoyed the segment. And listener Bernardo was was kind enough to share uh, their moment of joy with us. And I'm going to read that for you now. Bernardo writes, As any other regular Brazilian, I've always been a big soccer guy. I guess the preamble I didn't read you is that Bernardo, straight out of Brazil. Okay, let's hop back in. As any other regular Brazilian, I've always been a big soccer guy, Fell in love, and, but fell in love with basketball when I was 13. 
It was way back in the early 2000s. MJ was already playing in Washington, and Nene was one of the first Brazilian players heading to the NBA. I was looking for a team to root for, and while playing an NBA video game, I came across a lefty skilled three-point shooter named Damon Stoudemire. I instantly fell in love with this game and started looking for some more information about the Blazers, mainly because of him. Then I found out about Sheed, Jermaine O'Neal, and the whole Jailblazers stuff that made me a true Blazers fan. I read Kerry Eggers' book some years ago and learned that the Portland community did not like the Jailblazers as much as I did. But at 13, the only thing I was looking for was a fun team to follow. Quick side note here, I think Blazers media didn't like the, quote, Jailblazers. I think the fans were cool with them. It got a little dicey later, but when it was still Sheed, I think people liked him just fine. Okay, back to Bernardo. Fast forward to Portland versus Denver, Game 7 in 2019. I was so damn nervous that I made a promise to myself. If the Blazers would go to the Western Conference Finals, I would find a way to go to Portland for the first time and watch a game. As you're aware, they did go to the Finals, and I bought myself a ticket to Portland, which is a damn far flight from Sao Paulo, Brazil, let alone how pricey the tickets are. I took some days off work and flew to PDX, layovers in Panama and San Francisco. One day before leaving Brazil, I realized I would land in San Francisco one hour before game two, but had no idea if it was feasible to stop by and go to Oakland. My initial goal was to watch games three and four in PDX, but decided that I would try to change my flight ticket once I got to, I'd get to SF if there was enough time to take the train to Oakland. To make a long story short, everything went surprisingly well. No delays, no long lines at the airport, and I arrived at the Oracle Arena right after tip-off. I went to the counter, and luckily there was a standing room-only ticket available. I watched the game and flew right after to Portland to watch games three and four. We got our asses swept, but I really enjoyed the whole experience and loved the city, the fans, the vibe, the grilled cheese grill, and the donuts. I work for an American company in Brazil and would die for a relocation to Portland. Maybe one day, who knows? Although, I would probably spend my entire paycheck on tickets, jerseys, and souvenirs. Love it, Bernardo. Thank you so much for sharing. I love that joy, Blazer's joy for you, meant finally chasing down this team that you fell in love with as a teenager. And then as you got older, were could afford to spend a whole bunch of money to go see them. I also love that your first experience with the Blazers was watching them blow a 17-point lead and then an 18-point lead, and then a 17-point lead. There is uh, fandom, so much about fandom is knowing that your team is going to lose, but I think the joy of saying, I'm going to have this great experience regardless of the outcome, that's why you're holding on to your joy. You're holding on to your joy of the experience, the luck of being able to see Game 3, the luck of being a, getting a standing room ticket in Oracle. Like These are joyous moments, even if the outcomes aren't what you wanted. This is the whole part of, of Blazer's joy. Cling tightly to these moments, these memories, these all these things you remember, because... A lot of times you might lose you might lose three straight in the playoffs. Things can be bummers, but if you can if you can cling to the moments of joy, uh you and uh, people around you will be better off. So Bernardo, thank you for sharing that moment of joy. Um if you do end up in Portland, whether for another trip or a relocation, holler at your boy. You know where to find me on email. And if you, dear listener, want to share your moment of joy, whatever that means to you, it doesn't have to be Bernardo's moment of joy or any others. Like what, when you hear the phrase, what is your Blazers moment of joy? A reason you love the team, a moment that you hold, that you hold dear to you, whatever that phrase means to you, share it with me, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Huge week in Blazerland coming up. Uh, Media Day is Monday. It'll be the first time that we hear from Chauncey Billups in a real way. First time we hear from a bunch of the new acquisitions like uh, Larry Nitz Jr. We hear from Norman Powell, from 
in a, in a more formal setting. We'll hear Damian Lillard kind of back and settled. Uh, it's 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 going to be a really, really a huge week. So make sure you're listening. Also, make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel. Uh, Locked on Blazers is going to be on YouTube beginning Monday. That is September 27th. But if if you can't wait, well, first, subscribe to the subscribe to the channel. It's already up there. Just subscribe to Lockdown Blazers. I, that's the best way to support the show. But I'm going to post this. It's going to premiere on Sunday. You can check me out. You can see what the in-home studio looks like if you haven't. Um, and if you're just if if you're maybe someone who uh, consumes more content on YouTube than they do and than you do in your audio world, or if you're just telling people where to find the podcast, they can find it on on uh, YouTube now as well. I'm super excited. So yeah, make I'm going to push this a bunch over the next month. So get ready for it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way, when you hear me say it, you can say, dog, I already did. Leave me alone. That's coming next week. Media days next week. We'll do mailbag next week. We'll get some interviews. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, Tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts and on YouTube. It's free. It's happening every day of the week. Come back and listen. If you haven't listened to the player profiles, go check them out. We got Yusuf Nurkic season preview, a Nazir Little season preview. We're going to run more of those next week. It's a ton of fun. Basketball season is here. I'm hyped. I hope you are too. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>